The following is a presentation of Main Street Preps, your source for high school sports in Middle Tennessee. This is the Main Street Preps podcast, covering high school sports all across Middle Tennessee. Here are your hosts, Russell Venozzi and Tyler Palmatier. Hello and welcome into the Main Street Preps podcast. I'm Russell Venozzi, joined today by Tyler Palmatier, and we are excited to be back for the 2021-2022 school year. Football games start this week, and girls' soccer, volleyball, cross-country, and golf are already underway. Tyler, how are you feeling this week with the return of high school sports? Well, it's pretty. It's always pretty exciting. This first week of um, of really activities. I, I know school start dates um, kind of vary across the area, I believe. Right, um, Metro. I saw the Metro buses running last week around my neighborhood, um, and it's just kind of this first couple of weeks of school. Even if you, it just it's like it doesn't matter if you have kids or not. There's just energy in the air, and I think you know with what we do with covering sports, it's uh, it's it's back. It's just there's a sleepiness to the summer that this doesn't really uh, that just doesn't really have that energy. So you know, yesterday I went to the Brentwood volleyball season opener and that campus was just a madhouse. I mean, they had so much stuff going on. So, uh, yeah, that's, um, it's, it's always fun. It's always fun. So everything is getting rolling this week. And by the time you listen to this, some of the football games may have even started. The first one is Thursday or the first several are Thursday with Pearl Cone at Cane Ridge kicking us off for the mid state coverage that we're going to be doing. Um, and so, to start us off here, Tyler, I know last year we we had a Main Street Preps podcast. I'm sure some of you listened to that, and if you did and you're back, then we appreciate you for that. It's been a little while since we've done one of these, so we just wanted to kind of reintroduce who we are and tell you a little bit about Main Street Preps before we get going into today's show. So the first big thing here, and, and Tyler can help me out with this too, Main Street Nashville is our daily news outlet here, here in Nashville that we started recently, uh, I guess started around March or so. And in that, you will find daily news of uh, from Nashville of all types, breaking news, features, music, entertainment, all that stuff, along with a pretty lengthy sports section that is highlighted by our Main Street Preps content that comes from across all of our different newspapers in the area, including stuff for me and Tyler. And we kind of focus on the Davidson, Williamson County, uh, Nashville area. So we've got that and you can check that out at Main Street dash nashville.com of course you can read all of our main street preps content and stories on mainstreetpreps.com we have also started a new outlet in murray county called main street murray and we've hired maurice Patton and chris yao to head up the sports covers there they, they did an excellent job with uh, the southern middle tennessee sports website last year and we are thrilled to have them on our team now so we're going to have quite a few more schools in our coverage area down there to the southern um, area of middle tennessee we're, we're really excited about that uh, we've also added Donovan Stewart to help us out with high school football coverage. He was previously with TennesseeHighSchoolFootball.com. He writes all kinds of uh, broad brush things that kind of cover the whole state. Uh, and he is well entrenched in the coaching world as he works closely with the uh, Tennessee Football Coaches Association. So we're glad to have Donovan on board as well. So that's kind of some of the new stuff we've got at Main Street Preps. Uh, and then let's get into the news now. And then after that, we will make some picks and preview some of the big games this Friday. So Tyler, I know you've got some, you had a long day Monday at the TAAA meeting. Can you kind of tell us uh, what went down there and 
if there was any newsworthy items that came out of that. Yeah, well, <clears throat> it was a long day. And and really the biggest thing was just that uh, the, the TSSA has, has figured out a way to chip into what amounted to, um, you know, roughly an $810,000 loss from 2020 when the, the basketball state tournaments were canceled and the spring sports season were canceled, uh, season was canceled. So, um, they, the turnaround total between what they made up that was lost in the like year to year was, it was, it was over a $1 million turnaround, but basically a, a profit of like a little over 700,000, um, has kind of gotten them They're They're not, they're hoping to break even still from the losses in 2020, but that's an eight, that's, that's an $810,000 loss. And, um, you know, through the football playoffs, which brought up with, which brought like, um, I think over, over a hundred thousand dollars more than they budgeted, um, is helping, uh, they increased their sponsorships this, this year through, um, a, a deal that was actually made with TPG in, I think, 2019. It was pre-pandemic. I mean, so it was kind of lucky, but they 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 struck a deal with TPG that uh, gave them some sales power to kind of reach out and to find some sponsors. And they added, I think, somewhere between like you know five and ten new sponsorships. And I mean, these aren't. I don't know which ones were new or not, but the sponsors are not like you know small potatoes. It's the Memphis Grizzlies are on there. Um, you know, there's some, there were some big ones. So uh, that the money they brought in from that was more than they expected. It exceeded their expectations. Uh, and then they, the, this isn't new. I, I, I don't believe, but the TSSA invests its income like um, company as companies do and organizations do. And they, that really did well this year. Um, they, they invested their money that not in a risky way. They don't really, Bernard Childress was, we, we were talking about it, the executive director. And he said this, we, we're not risky with it, but they just happened to get lucky when they invested their money. As the vaccine came out, they, they spoke with their advisors and they moved some money around to get into some, what they thought might be successful. And as the vaccines were rolling out, the market was doing well and they just, they just kind of hit it at the right time. So uh, I mean, th that's the big thing. I mean, you know, you just want to minimize those losses from all those cancellations in 2020. So financially they did well. And, um, and, and that's, that's important for, for all. I mean, right. I mean, all, every school in the TSSA is a member, you know, they, they run championships. You can't run these championships without money. So uh, they were able to, you know, to, to kind of climb out of some of that. So uh, otherwise, you know, they, a lot of it was discussion that just, uh, kind of holdover stuff, executive sessions. It was a long meeting. I mean, um, the, the, maybe the next biggest news or non-news was that there, there was no, th there were no COVID recommendations or protocols, mandates, any, anything discussed uh, as far as social distancing or masks, you know, that's a big, um, component to this, to the sports calendar now still. And, um, they, uh, you know, they, um, are, you know, they're, they're just not going to, they're going to leave that in the hands of schools. Um, you know, schools aren't going to, uh, schools are going to make those decisions for now, but Bernard, Bernard Childress said that they're going to, they're going to step in if need be. And, um, 
you know, if something happens. So uh, no changes there. I mean, the, the COVID forfeiture policy was tweaked just a little bit. Uh, you know, teams that have to, if you have a COVID cancellation, um, you have to try and make that up. And if you can't, the, the team that has to COVID opt out uh, does not receive a loss and the other team receives a win for seating purposes. The only difference is in football. If the visiting team has to, to cancel because of COVID, they still have to be the visiting team the next year. This is the first year of two-year contracts. So visiting teams don't get to miss a game and then host the team the next year and get that gate money. Uh, the TSSAA kind of caught on to something um, where maybe some coaches were not being totally truthful in some of their, their forfeitures last year. Um, you know, if you, if your quarterback has COVID, for instance, and you just don't want to play, they sense that there were some COVID opt outs that were for that reason. And that's really not fair when you have a contract with a, with another school, you know, you have gate money at stake and then you don't play a game. That school misses out on that money. And then next year that school is supposed to travel to you. Yeah. That's just not super fair. So, you know, those were the big highlights. Really, it was kind of a it was kind of a slow news day, but it was just a long meeting day for for the TSSAA. Well, it sounds like they weren't part of the the GameStop short squeeze. Then they they were making smarter investments than, than that. So, congratulations to them. And it was definitely a great time to be in the market um, if you could do it. So, and then that the COVID discussion kind of segues us into our next uh, little piece here, Tyler. Uh, there's already been some schedules switching around here uh football wise in the first week most of them i believe have been out of our coverage area but one that has changed is good pastures picked up a home game against university school of jackson their opponent harding academy in memphis opted to play perry county instead this week i think that's i believe that's a shorter drive if i've got my geography correct uh and usj was supposed to play liberty which had COVID 19 issues and perry county was supposed to play middleton which also had issues with with the virus. Uh, so somehow this all got switched around. Good Pasture is now playing USJ. Harding Academy is playing Perry County. So if you're scoring at home, I hope you got all that. And I think, Tyler, unless I've missed something today, that is the only change in our area that we know of so far. Certainly won't be the last. Uh, and unfortunately, I guess this is just going to be part of our reality this year as we're continuing to battle this thing as a country. And we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I would imagine that there are going to be changes. Uh, that's just kind of the, the most realistic outlook. So I, I, the, the only good news is that there's, been, there's a year of experience in doing it for, for coaches and administrators and players and everybody. Hopefully things will be a little more organized this time around and there won't be a uh, team, like you said, dropping out because their star quarterback is out and they don't want to travel two hours to go uh, take a beating somewhere else. So anyways... This would normally be the point in the show where we would have some sort of guest on, maybe a coach, maybe some sort of other high school sports uh, expert or athlete, or could be anybody really. We don't have that this week, but we are hoping to start that next week. So come back for that next week. And with that, let's go ahead and move on to our football previews and picks. There is a ton of great games in the area this week. NBA and Ravenwood is probably the top game. Uh, I, I guess some other schools would probably argue about that, but Tyler, you're going to be covering that game and I know you've got a prediction for us. So let's hear what you, what you have to say about that big public private matchup over there in Williamson County. 
Yeah, I mean the the biggest thing about that game, it's I mean it, obviously it's it could just have the it's got the makings for a great game all around, but um, it's the quarterback matchup. It's Marcel Reed for NBA. You know his recruitment. I, I can't think of anybody else in the area whose recruitment has expanded the way his has over the last four months. Um, the offers that he's brought in and uh, how widespread the interest has been for him. Uh, you know, just a long, he really has his body really hasn't even filled out. He's, he's kind of a, at least the last time I saw him, uh, it'd be interesting to kind of get a first look at him um, after a year, you know, in basketball, he's kind of a, what Russell, would you describe? He's a, not lanky, but he's certainly not a thick guy. Um, but he's, um, he's super athletic, great basketball player, NBA's quarterback, um, Ravenwood quarterback, Chris Parson committed to Florida state over the summer. I mean, that's, that's about as good of a quarterback matchup as you can have. And, um, and then you just, you know, across the board, there's other great players in this game, you know, Grayson Morgan for NBA, um, great lineman, Miles Pollard. Uh, he's a Michigan commit defensive back. Who's going to play some wide receiver for, for Ravenwood. So the, the talent level on both sides, you know, teams with championship aspirations, uh, although they'll, they'll compete for championships in different divisions is, uh, is, is awesome. So uh, it's also Will Hester's first game back at Ravenwood as head coach um, or as, as a coach, I should say, uh, but first year as Ravenwood's head coach. So he, um, you know, he'll make his debut. I, there's a lot of expectations for him, certainly. So, uh, it, it'll be, I was at a practice, a Raywood practice like four weeks ago. And it was, I mean, they're not messing around. It was a very intense. I mean, this is a team that like has, you know, they expect to be in that final game, I believe. So, uh, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I, I, I'd say I've got Ravenwood 38, 35. Um, we'll see how that turns out, but I, I think there could be a lot of points in this one. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Ravenwood, I like Ravenwood to pull that one out as well. Definitely should be a close game. Um, I got to see Chris Parson in Ravenwood last week against Ensworth in a scrimmage. And, man, I'll tell you, I'm a believer in that kid now. I, I was a little unsure with him being a transfer. Uh, we haven't seen him play in person yet. And uh, I believe he was a backup most of the time when he's in Texas. He played some in a, in a state championship game and things like that. But he had limited stats last year. And he can sling the ball around in, in a way that a junior in high school shouldn't be able to, it seems like. So yeah, I, would, I would imagine he's going to have a huge year. Marcel Reed uh, as well, too. But, yeah, it just seems like Chris Parson is is on another level. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But I like Ravenwood to pull that one out for sure. And then another big game, and this one's a Thursday game that I'll be at, uh, Pearl Cone at Cane Ridge. Should be a really interesting way to open up the season here in, here in the mid-state. The two metro schools going at it. And it's great for them to be starting on time last this year after last year both of them had very limited seasons they were still able to recover and make the playoffs but um just had all the the odds stacked against them after not really being able to work out and, and practice fully last summer so this year they've they've got that under their belt uh pearl cone in particular has been has benefited from that they were able to get in the weight room quite a bit this summer talking to coach uh, tony brunetti and some of their players on the first day of practice they really liked where they were at and of course, one big reason for that is they have Barry on Brown, one of the top recruits, not only in Tennessee, but in the country at wide receiver. He's also going to play defensive back. He's going to return kicks. He may take some snaps at Wildcat quarterback. Uh, this guy's going to be all over the field for, for the Firebirds. So if they can keep him healthy, they 
could have a great season here in class 4a i know they've just moved up to class 4a but it's probably for the best because they were really dominating their their region before and alcoa pretty much wins 3a every year so this actually might give them a better chance at a state title and barry on brown you know he wants to win mr football i talked to him he was very adamant about that he wants to win a state title um and for somebody that has the offers like he does i know he's TCU and Alabama are some of the big players for him. Uh, somebody that has those kind of offers, sometimes you see those guys mailed in on a senior year. Maybe they don't care as much, but that's that is not the case with Barry and Brown. He he wants to show out this year. So already in some of the scrimmages, I've seen some big highlights from him, and clearly he is uh, he's ready to get going. On the other side, Kane Ridge. Uh, there's a lot of been a lot of change with them. They had a number of players graduate last year. Um, they made the playoffs, but were knocked out by Brentwood in the first round. So really interested to see to see uh, what Eddie Woods has going on down at Cane Ridge. They're going to have some new faces in there. Uh, they still do have Malik Campbell. It should be a big weapon on offense, but I guess I'm just not sure exactly where Cane Ridge stands right now, and I feel a little bit better about Pearl Cone. So I'm going Pearl Cone 28, Cane Ridge 14. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I've got Pearl Cone 31, Cane Ridge 20, and um, I, I think some of that is just – Although Pearl Cone is is breaking in somebody new at the quarterback spot, I think they've got maybe a little more continuity and just uh, maybe a core of some some skill guys that are a little more seasoned. And um, <clears throat> I think Kane Ridge could probably be pretty good I, by the time all said and done. But I, I think at this at this point, uh, <clears throat> Pearl Cone's probably got a few more weapons than, than Kane Ridge does. And I mean, there's in, you know, the big, the, the exciting part of that game is just getting to see what maybe what Barry on Brown looks like in his, <clears throat> the first game of his senior season, you know, year development always does a lot for, for younger, younger guys, high school guys and um, college kids. So it's like, what well, how far has he come? You know, that, that'll be fun to watch. And I know he's already lit it up in um, scrimmages and seven on sevens. I mean, he's electric. He's, he's fun to watch. Um, and, uh, you know, for Kane Ridge, I guess the experimental thing for them, I don't know, experimental. I mean, they, they, Eric Gaston, their, their star defensive end committed to Memphis. He's, um, he's playing both sides of the ball this year. That's, I, that doesn't, I know that playing both sides happens in high school, but, um, a little interesting to see a guy play defensive end and left tackle. And that's the plan for them this season. And I know he'll be spelled at times to, to do that, but, uh, that's, that's a big job. That's a lot of football being played for, for a big guy. So, uh, that'll be, that'll be kind of interesting to see. Um, and two of the most important positions there. So we'll, we'll see how he, he stands, stands out there. And, uh, Tyler, you've got sure. another game, so yeah. don't let me interrupt you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> another one summit at Henry County. I mean, a, a lot of, a lot of wins, a lot of championships, uh, and, and recent success, uh, you know, between those two. And, um, yeah, I've got, I've got summit 35, Henry County 31. Um, I, I just, I believe in the Wade brothers. I guess that's my, that's my biggest thing. I think, I think that's, that's a really dynamic duo to have. The fact that they're twins and they're both going to the same school is just kind of like a, a, a cherry on top for, for those two. But I mean, um, you have a great quarterback that can move around uh, and throw it. And then you have a linebacker who I think is most likely going to play uh, 
some offense this year too. Now, how much of that we see in the first week, I have no idea, but um, I think Summit's geared up to have another big year and uh, there's a lot of continuity there as well, which is good. But I mean, Henry County obviously, you know, has, has a lot of tools as well. Uh, got a huge left tackle, um, Luke Brown, six foot five, 300 pounds. Uh, he's the number five junior in the state uh, per two, seven sports. So, uh, you know, some talented, some talented players on that side too. So that, that ought to just be, an, that ought to be a really good game. I hate to just keep agreeing with you here, Tyler, but it's hard to bet against those Wade twins. So I've got Summit taking that one as well. And then speaking of Williamson County, let's move on to Brentwood at Blackman. This should be another interesting game. There's been a lot of change for both of these teams. They both have new head coaches, especially at Brentwood. They have no K Grands out quarterback, no Walker Merrill at wide receiver, no John House at defensive back. All these guys have moved on to play in the in the SEC in some form or fashion. And of course, Ron Crawford, that was the big surprise. And right in the middle of spring fling, he stepped down to take the job at to take the defensive coordinator job at Christian Brothers. So Clint Finch has stepped in as the head coach. He's been on that staff for 13 years, including the last six as the uh, associate head coach and offensive coordinator. So they it's they're basically ha- they have the same staff and everything. So that should help with continuity. But it you know Ron Crawford is is kind of a legend there at Brentwood. So that that's difficult to just fill those shoes. And Davis White at quarterback, he's he's filling some big shoes too. Kate Granzel was a three year starter and led them to the a runner-up finish last year in Class 6A. But I think this guy is ready. He is a senior, and he's waited his turn. Um, when when Granzow went down in the Cane Ridge first-round playoff game last year, he stepped in and threw five touchdowns and looked really good doing it, too. He was, I think, maybe only had a two or three incompletions the entire game. Um, and, and that was the day that – the night that Brentwood had 34 players quarantined, uh, and they were still able to win, and Davis White was a big reason for that. So – they were in pretty good hands there with Clint Finch and, and Davis White taking over at quarterback. Uh, Blackman, they're all, they've also got the new coach, like I mentioned. Chandler Tigard has come up from North Jackson High School in Alabama. He runs a really fun style of offense, up-tempo, um, the kind of thing you see in the college game a lot, no huddle um, stuff. and He likes to score a lot of points, likes to throw the ball a lot. He was the offensive coordinator for Matt Daniels a couple of years ago at Ravenwood when they were really good. So it'll be interesting to see. Blackman was down last year. I believe they still made the playoffs, still squeaked in. But Blackman is usually you know, a contender, and they've kind of fallen behind the Oakland and Riverdales of the world down there in Rutherford County. So it'll be interesting to see if Tigard can kind of get them back in the mix. They've also got a new quarterback, Jack Reisner, who's come over from Brentwood Academy. Um, and he's still new and building chemistry with his receivers when I talked to him this summer. But he could be really, really good if they put it all together and they're able to uh, kind of help that offense reach its full potential in year one. So we'll see how that goes, but I give Brentwood the edge here, 35, 28. I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I do have the Bruins pulling this one out. Tyler, what, what do you think about that prediction? Yeah, I've got something similar. I've got Brentwood 28, Blackman 27. <clears throat> um, I think it's, it, it could be <clears throat> kind of a, Oh, kind of a, a nail biter for Clint Finch in his, in his first appearance as head coach, just because there are so many changes on that side. But like you said, they've got a lot of weapons there. Aaron Walton um, will do a lot for them this year. They lost some skill guys 
you know, and, and Walker Merrill and others, but you know, he's a real, he's a really dynamic, you know, H back type guy who can do a lot. That position can be utilized in so many different ways. It's a real blessing to have in your offense. And, um, you know, the, the offense, no, it, it, Clint Fitch knows that offense. I mean, he's, you know, there's, I we say there's turnover, but I mean, the guy's been in Brentwood forever, but, uh, you know, there's just, there's some changes. So I'm kind of predicting something really close. Uh, so that's kind of why I've got the margin the way it is. But I, I do like Brentwood. I do I do think they'll they'll kind of have the horses in the end to to get it out of, out of that one alive. And I know you've written about this region, but it's it's just wild to think that even if Brentwood is really good, they could be fourth place in in the standings behind Ravenwood, Summit, Independence, um, and then, and then Brentwood. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. It really feels like Oakland versus a Williamson County team is, is a strong possibility in, in class six A, but man, that is that that region is just a, a murderer's row and it's gonna be really interesting to see who is able to come out of there. Yeah, it, there's always a, there's kind of a coach everywhere. It, it, you'll hear it probably about ten times this year from coaches. They say that their their region's the toughest in the state and it's all relative to the you know, I know your whatever division or class that you're in, but I mean this certainly does look like it. And when you have you know, it was not an easy, it's not been an easy region historically, but when you basically drop Dixon County, um, the last place team, and then you add in a class 5A state, you know, champion in Summit to replace them, to replace Dixon County, I mean, you have, I mean, that's just, that, that the, the district just, or the region just gets that much more difficult. And uh, so that it, the games will be so exciting every week just with the addition of summit because you've, you know, that's just a, it's a, it's a tough opponent. It's an exciting opponent. So it's, um, yeah, I would say even, you know, your, your teams that don't win that region are still pretty battle tested. So we saw last year how, uh, what that can do, you know, with, with Franklin, uh, upsetting Ravenwood in the playoffs. Um, you had independence, you know, that was close to making a run. I mean, those were two really good teams that didn't win that region. Um, and they were, I mean, by the time they got to the playoffs, they were just ready to go and and they, you know, those are tough outs. So, uh, yeah, that's definitely just, it's going to be, there's going to be that's a region to keep an eye on. No doubt. Indeed. That region, along with the Lipscomb Academy CPA region and the division two, triple a middle region as well. There's going to be just a lot of great football played across middle Tennessee. Can't forget about Metro too. You know, we talked about Pearl Cone, Cane Ridge. Um, Hillsboro's in there too. So should be a lot of fun, Tyler, to get things going this week. We look forward to come back next to coming back next week to talk about some of the games, to preview even more games, to have hopefully a coach or somebody on next week. Um, and unless you've got anything else, Tyler, I think that's gonna do it for today's episode. Well, no, I was just kind of curious what's uh I mean, what's kind of your what's kind of your favorite thing about getting back to high school football? You know stepping into the the field again and whatever the pageantry. I mean, it's um, mine's kind of the weather, you know, I think September weather is kind of underrated. Uh, it's, it's beautiful in Tennessee too. You know, I'm not from here, but I think it, it cools off so well here in Tennessee at night. Like, I mean, you just get like 72, 68 degree temperatures at kickoff. It's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, I, I just, I think my, I'm most excited about just getting out onto those fields at kickoff. Um, I know we're not going to have quite the uh, full 
whatever you want to call it. You know, I think we all hoped we'd come into this season with no COVID and just like full stands and no, no worries whatsoever, but it's still exciting to me to, to step onto the field and, you know, on a nice night and, and watch them kick it off. But I was, I was kind of curious what your, what's your favorite part of the whole high school football season is getting going again. Yeah. Well, I'm with you on that. And, um, the weather, I have not checked for this Friday, but I, I'll just warn you, Tyler, sometimes these August games can be hellaciously hot. So, uh, I, I would leave the jacket in the car at least for these first couple weeks, unless there's some sort of anomaly that happens. But right. yeah, no, this fall it's you know Tennessee's great, Nashville's great. We we get all four seasons, and uh, football just happens to align with one of the best weather seasons. So that is that is nice. Uh, as far as as far as my favorite thing, um, hard to pinpoint just one thing. I mean, I, I'm with you on the excitement level. I think this summer we did a great job of you know coming up with feature story ideas. Uh, keeping the news flowing, keeping Main Street preps, you know, relevant and everything, even though there was, you know, technically no games or anything really happening. Uh, so I think the, the my favorite part is just to get back to the games, to have some new storylines to, to write about and to talk about. Um, and I and I think the other thing too is for about the last month, I guess, ever since the dead period ended, we've been kind of writing those like future tense stories, like. Hey, this team wants to win a state title. Hey, this player could be a, a key factor for this team, and on and on. And I was thinking, like, if the games got canceled or were delayed like a month or something, I I'd be kind of out of ideas because I feel like we've kind of exhausted the uh, hey, this is coming up soon angle. And so now it's it's great that it's finally here and we can kind of uh, move on and, and have some real action to talk about. Yeah, it's fun to watch it all unfurl. We spend a lot of time talking about it, and it's fun to kind of watch it all just play out because it's not going to be exactly how we've or anybody else uh, planned it, you know, going in. It's, it's just a lot of times the way it is in sports with the exception of maybe a few storylines out there. So yeah, it's fun to watch it all kind of play out. So um, yeah, I'm glad it's here. I, I can't wait to get it started. And speaking of not knowing how things are going to play out, be sure to check out the website this week. I'm going to have my weekly picks column that I did last year. We're also going to have a staff wide, picks uh list that tyler's gonna be on there too um and so hopefully we do a little better than two and eight this first week we don't really know what's gonna happen hopefully we can get a winning record but we'll have that up for you guys every every week by friday so you can check out all of our score predictions and agree disagree burn us at the stake uh accuse us of hating your your favorite team all that good stuff and with all that i believe that really is the the last of today's episode so thank you for joining us in this return of the main street preps podcast Uh, hope to see you guys out of the game on friday and we will see you back here next week you've been listening to the main street preps podcast your source for high school sports in middle tennessee with your hosts russell venosi and tyler palmatier for more on high school sports in middle tennessee visit mainstreetpreps.com